Welcome to At The Whiteboard with Ruth and Nicole, the podcast for people who want to crush it at work. Each week, we'll talk about the latest tips, trends, and tricks to help you love your job and to help your boss love you too. It's like having a personal coach whispering advice into your ear, but without the whispering. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Are we live on the video too? Looks like it. The thing's not red, it must be recording. Yeah, it is. <laughs> now that we can Hello. stop, can, I, can we talk enough to get this Aladdin out of my head? Yeah. Is it still? Oh, oh a new one! So Nicole's little two-year-old daughter is really into Aladdin, and she's been post not Lily, but you have been posting <laughs> pictures of Lily singing a whole new yard. A whole new world. <laughs> no, it's not. There's no W. It's yard. There isn't. Maybe in if person. you speak Lillian, but I don't, <laughs> so it sounds like a whole new yard. <laughs> anyway, I'll get that out of my head so you guys don't yeah. get the earworm as well. It's pretty rough. So welcome back. It's Friday today for us. Yay! Yes. Long weekend. Yay! It's sunny. Yay! It's minus 30. Oh. oh. I know. I have February blahs a little bit. I have February blahs a lot of bit. A lot of bit? Mm-hmm. Did you never use that? A little bit, a lot of bit? No, but I like it. You may have it. Um, yeah, I have February blahs. And I don't, I don't know why. I don't know. I guess it's just... February, it, it's been sunny. I don't, I don't know. Oh, there's been some sun, and I've been getting lots of walks with the puppy, who, for those of you who are regular listeners, you will not hear her because she's out <laughs> with the dog walker. Um, but yeah, it's just this, like this ennui, or malaise, Ooh. or something. It just, I don't, I kind of walk around from room to room, picking things up and putting them down again. <laughs> and my like neighbor, no purpose. No, my friend Mary Lynn says, you know, if you were really busy, you'd get a lot done. She says, give something, if you really want something done, give it to a busy person. And we've got things to do, but they're all on track. So some days I'm Even like, early, they're, work they're early. early. I know. And I'm like. Now I noticed part of my um, inability to focus and I showed you this. I looked at my bullet journal and I hadn't bullet journaled since uh, February 6th. And it's, I, and I, I can almost imagine myself, I was specifically not opening up and doing it. And I don't know why. Wow. That is... I can't say it was like that intentional. It's not like I was like, no, I'm not going to bullet journal. Mm. But I knew I was supposed to and I just wasn't. And I don't know what that was about, whether I needed a rest or what. And so I started I writing things February down block. today and a whole bunch of tasks started coming to me. So mm-hmm. um, we'll get busy. We'll get busy. I want you to know that... Um, I am, I don't know if enjoying the book is the right word. Sort <laughs> Sorry, of like, Cal. Yeah, sort of like I'm in a book club with my neighbor friends. And somebody said, did you enjoy the book? And I said, it's a good read. Because it is, but I'm not sure I enjoyed it. Mm. And that's the way I feel about this. It's interesting. I'm not sure I'm enjoying it yet. And I think that some of it's a little over the top. However, when we get to it, I took action today based on chapter two. Wow. Yeah. And I was talking to my friend Sarah today. Shout out to Sarah, who's in Norfolk, Virginia. Hello, Sarah. Mm-hmm. One of my BFFs, ironically, that I met on Twitter. Wow. And she's now one of my dearest friends. Oh. So, so you'd be one of those uh, digital maximalists or the people that have the, what do they call it? The, the, the fear apologizers? of missing out. Yeah. And the fear of missing out because of the one, and we talked, because of the get, one I don't want to get ahead because Sarah and I had a discussion about it today. That's funny. Yes. Um, yeah. So let's, let's, let's go get in there. Digital mis- minimalism by Cal Newport yeah. is our topic. And we're in episode three, chapter two. We're in chapter two. Mm-hmm. And so the first chapter was really about, um, uh, it was called a lopsided arms race and was about uh, the fact that kind of the technology is against us. Mm-hmm. It's been designed to work with our psychological programming. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, the forces are against us. Mm-hmm. There's more and more there. It makes us want to do it. It's like a slot machine. I mean, every time I now look at my phone mm-hmm. and I start to scroll, I think about, am I just looking for the... And I found myself doing it. I was Great clicking through dopamine. stories and I was like, oh, none of these are interesting. Mm-hmm. And it was like pulling the machine and getting, and I was like, there's no wins here. There's none of these I want to see. Nothing mm-hmm. was 
grabbing me. And I literally now when I get that sense that I feel like I'm using a slot machine on Instagram, I put it away. Interesting. So that line really resonated with me. So mm-hmm. basically the technology is against us. It's been designed to be against us. Mm-hmm. It's designed to addict us to it because that's what they want us to do. They want right. us to spend more time there. Um, in chapter two, we're kind of building a case um, for digital minimalism. Yeah. So we know the technology is against us. Okay, but what's the big deal? Right. I love how he brought in Walden. I know. It made, side note, it made me want to read Walden again. I have never read Walden and I was quite inspired. Maybe that'll be our next book. Oh, it was pretty heavy in high school. It's one of those books that you, you know, like far from the Madden crowd and, and 1984 and all those really heavy books. I found it heavy, but I wonder if I would have a different opinion of it now that I'm, you know, 40 years older than then. Yeah. Almost. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, for, so you're going to have to bear with me, I took all my notes on my iPad. Uh, (laughs) It's like anti-digital minimalism. Um, But one of the first things that caught me in this chapter is they said it's hard to permanently reform your addictions um, to digital products with tips and tricks alone. Okay. So this was the first problem I had. Okay. So I read that as well, and I was thinking, okay, because he was talking about people that took breaks, technology breaks, Mm -hmm. or would only use it. And then a few pages later, he said, but some minimalists have figured out how to make it work so that they have it, like on Facebook, it goes right to a page that they need, or um, they only do this, or they only do that. And isn't that tips and tricks? So here's where I took the difference. Okay. So a tip and trick would be um, reduce all your notifications. Yes. Or turn off all notifications on your phone. Uh-huh. But that doesn't truly manifest itself as digital minimalism. That is just using a tip and a trick to not distract you, which is, I guess I'm saying that's not a problem. That's great. Do that too. Sure. And the entire uh, tenet of digital minimalism is that it is based in in values. Yes. That you are you are making a a a solid choice not just a, a blanket of cut out notifications, mm-hmm. but you are literally making app by app choices of what adds value to your life or what um will bring you value in in terms of um efficiency and things mm-hmm. like that so mm-hmm. I th- okay. I also struggled with that because I was like mm, didn't you say tips and tricks aren't good and then as you moved forward you went through all these case studies of Tyler and yes whatever but I think it really ekes back to the actual definition so the true definition of digital minimalism on page 28 of the book a philosophy of technology use in which you focus your online time on a small number of carefully selected and optimized activities that strongly support the things that you value and happily miss out on everything else. So that's why a a technology break, so taking a week off of my phone, doesn't really support digital minimalism. It's not saying I am carefully selecting the things that that are valuable to me and Mm -hmm. I miss out on other things. Mm -hmm. It just says, I took a break, but now I'm back. Same with reducing all your notifications is like, okay, it's great, but you're not actually saying, are all the apps I'm using truly adding value? Am I, uh, you know, using princip- a principles-based approach right. to reduce my digital clutter? Right. Yeah, and- I can see that because the person getting rid of the notifications is all they're doing is reducing some of the dopamine hit, but they're still going to go and look at it and scroll mindlessly. Whereas yes, the and person, they're still using all of the platforms. Right, and the person who is got the, using the Facebook hacked to go directly to the events page has decided that only events in Facebook are adding value. Yes. Mm. Okay. Did I win you over yet? Uh, yes. I, like, I, I really, I recognize it's chapter two, I feel like he's a evangelist, oh. so I'm a little 
hesitant. And there's one thing he addressed in the beginning that he doesn't have any social media. And people say to him, how can you talk about this when you don't use it? And he said, I bring the other side, the other perspective to it. And I'm not sure I agree with him mm. on that because I'm not sure if he doesn't use it at all. I'm not sure he can truly experience both the awful dopamine addiction and the challenge of applying your values, which isn't to say I don't think it's important, but I'm, I'm, I'm it's cautiously optimistic when I'm okay. reading it. Okay. Cautiously optimistic. I mean, I would say it, the interesting part though is that you were probably one of the first people to say like, oh, I'm, I'm deleting Facebook. I'm done. I'm not using it. Like you are employing the methodologies of, of digital minimalism. I and disagree. You made- I did that because I don't trust them as a company. And I thought, I, th- I think Mark Zuckerberg is a crook. Okay. That's I a- mean, that's part of the, that's <laughs> but, part of the yeah. lopsided arms race. Like, Oh, is it? Well, I mean, it's part of the technology not actually being there to, you know, Facebook doesn't exist so that you can reconnect with your right. high school friends. Right. It yeah. exists You're for right. the profit of the organization. You're right. And hence it's it's notifications and it's a scrolling and it's yeah. ads and all that stuff are geared there. And so. I guess you could say that even though a big part of it was me just not trusting him and I don't want to support that company, I also had come to the realization that I just don't get anything out of it. So maybe I got there... Via a different, a different way, but it, it definitely, do, well, well, both of those things don't align with my values or, or neither of those things. Like yeah. the, the trustworthiness of the company, I'm, as you know, integrity is a big deal to me. Yeah. And then um, the other piece, not getting anything out of it, that speaks to this whole se- second chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You got me there. So it, it, it's, it's. Working backwards from your deep values yeah. to your technology choices. Um, and I, I liked that. I was, yeah. I was into it. And, and I also liked he then talked about the maximalist philosophy. Yes. Which is you can find any potential in any product. And I mean, to some extent, I mean, here I am sitting with an Apple Watch, an iPad, yeah. a MacBook and, a phone. and an iPhone in front of me. Yes. So, yeah, like I certainly am great at rationalizing purchases. Um, but, you know, your digital maximalist is basically looking for any opportunity to maximize, op- you know, these are the people that they're like, oh, there's an app for that that can do that. Yeah. Here, you can use this app to do that. And have you tried Snapchat? Because it does this and da 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 they, have, they basically have a fear of missing out yes. on technology. Do you feel he's talking about, let me back up. Um, when he, most of what I'm reading, I'm picking up is about social media, not about apps. Oh, I think, I think he goes, I think he uses Facebook and Instagram likely because they're the most addictive of the apps. But they're not apps. Well, I guess they are because they're on a phone, but sorry, I'm, I guess I was saying digital technologies. I think he's speaking to anything. I don't think he's. To be, to be fair, I don't think he was talking about... I mean, he could be talking about your watch, right? Are well, you... Well, I know. I was talking about things like... So if you look at my phone right now, all I have on here that I would consider social media is Instagram and LinkedIn. Twitter. I don't anymore. That was my decision. Okay. Um, See, she's a digital minimalist, but I just she's wasn't, fighting me. I wasn't going to... She's I'm fighting, fighting me on the I'm book. fighting Cal. <laughs> um, no, I didn't want to tell you about Twitter yet. Um, so, but I have lots of apps... And I have them because they serve me a purpose um, that I can't actually use elsewhere. But I'm not scrolling the Starbucks Starbucks app. I use it when I buy something. Or I'm okay. not scrolling Expedia. I use it when I need something. I'm not scrolling Fitbit. So this is why I feel like what he's talking about are those things that suck us in. So And I lied. I do have Snapchat. Only because sometimes my niece texts me that way, and that's all. I don't. I don't use Snapchat, but I want to know when she texts me. Um, so I've really got just the two, and nothing else here makes me scroll it. Um, I would say me neither. I literally, I have Twitter. I don't log in anymore. I don't know how I just stopped doing that, but yeah. I just did at one point. Didn't. Yeah, you haven't used it in a um, long time. But I would say, I mean, I have a bunch of things on here, but the only two that pull me are Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. So this is why I feel like he's mostly talking about social media because he's been talking about addiction and being drawn in, whereas utility apps, 
How could they Bless possibly? Them. A Canadian Tire app is not going to draw you in, unless you're an addicted no. to shopping. Maybe. No, uh, I mean, you don't get dopamine from looking at the. You get the dopamine from buying. Is it like my bank account app? <laughs> you have a message from your bank. Your statements are ready, <laughs> right? Woo! Woo! Cha-ching! Um, yeah. Do you I, think that's the case? I never. I don't think he clarifies it. <laughs> I mean, when we get into the little case studies he had, mm-hmm. he had a couple of different people. One person who said they um, their their digital minimalism choice was to not have a smartphone, and they went yes. back to a flip phone. Yes. Um, and then he went into a bunch of comments about the Amish and and things like that. Yeah. And you know, and what it's this value base like. Again, I don't feel scrolled uh, scrolled in, literally, but I don't mm-hmm. feel lured in by my GPS app. So maybe he's talking about two things. One being the social media side that is designed, purely designed to draw you in and earn money for the company. And the other is our use or our reliance on technical solutions for which there are still manual alternatives, such as a map. Yeah. Yeah, there and it was are that, still that, that, that what particular one was kind of interesting to me, and it was just like, oh well, you know, I sit here and I use my my ways everywhere I drive, mm-hmm. and if I don't have it, I can sometimes barely get to places I know because I'm very reliant on them. Yeah, but she said that it was because having she still uses all the things on her computer, right? So but she prints out desk, the directions. She prints before. the directions, so she just hers is technology minimalism. So she doesn't have a smartphone, but she does all the things. I think think it all roots back to, you know, questions we asked in the first chapter, which was, do you, you know, do you feel, I don't know, I'm trying to remember the exact words, but do you feel like you are overwhelmed by, by the things? Right. And if so, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, no, I'm, I'm not overwhelmed at what I look at. And therefore, yeah. Uh, but I could talk about um, games. Um, yes. Like, I know I was, I had a, a little bit of a Pokemon problem for a little while. I was actually buying the balls. Yes, my friend was <laughs> like that with Candy Crush. And I have another friend that even with free games, she she had to delete them off her phone because she was doing it for too long and not going to bed at night. Yeah. My, my husband plays some silly golf clash game. Yeah, yeah. And he was saying, he was joking with his brother-in-law who had showed it to him. And he was like, oh, this is way less addictive than the other game we were playing. And I was like, is it? Is, is it? <laughs> because, and I mean, I, I can't judge because I've got the Instagram addiction. So I oh, think yeah, it's you have Pinterest too. That's so I have Pinterest, but I don't, I certainly people, don't log in. Oh, I never use it. I use it when I um, am looking for something. Like if I said, oh, I want some bathroom inspiration, I would go in and use it. Um, I mean, there's a perfect example of an app that I do feel adds value. Uh, If I wanted a new haircut, I would go into Pinterest and pin all the things on a board so I could show. But how many people do you know who just think, I like to look at signs that are inspirational. You've got this. There was certainly a time where I was scrolling (laughs) Pinterest differently. Maybe around my wedding or something. I was using Pinterest a lot around my wedding. And then it became kind of a daily activity that also included scrolling. Um, Or I had been on, I had been, maybe I started the keto diet and I was scrolling recipes. But Pinterest certainly doesn't have the same dopamine hits for me that that Instagram does. Facebook doesn't either. Facebook is different for me. I think I just like reading angry comments. Uh, Anyhow, um, so again, it's back to this values-based decision. Yeah. Um, so then we, they, he goes through a couple of case studies kind of, you know, to make these abstract ideas. Mm-hmm. And so he considers these real-world examples of digital minimalists that Cal uncovered in his research. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler quit social media entirely mm-hmm. and decided that if the excuse – that people like to come up with is that they're using it to connect with people. Well, I think if I connected with people in person and and did different ways, it would be Mm -hmm. better that I could use the time Mm -hmm. I spent scrolling LinkedIn and better use it to just call someone and say, let's meet for lunch. Right. Um, So again, it's a values based decision that says I am quitting this and I'm going to connect in a different way than this platform has allowed me. And if that's where kind of the whole, um, 
Walden theory comes into play, right? Is that um, what is the value exchange? What are you getting for what you're putting in? What's the life? Uh, That is what made me quit Twitter. That whole story of Walden and um, coming up with the economic theory of value being your life, your time, and how much time do you have. So I thought, okay, because as you know, on and off over the last year, I've taken Twitter breaks and it's back on. I scroll Twitter a lot. And even though I, my most recent downsizing was to unsubscribe from most of the political people I follow, you can't get away from other stuff popping up. You can say, now I figured out how to uh, not have your tweets come to me. Like if you like something, there's a way to mute it. So I don't okay. see everything that you like, which right. is so annoying. Yeah. But it was still coming. And what's happening is I like Twitter mostly for two things. One is the news. And the other is the entertainment I get from some people that I think are very funny. And then I, so I thought about that today and I thought, okay, <clears throat> as, as uh, he says about the value of it. So the value I want, one is entertainment and the other is the news. Is this the best way for me to get those things? And I decided it's not because... The downside is that I'm sucked in and I spend a long time on Twitter and it's so negative and the world is on fire and the hate that is spread and you can't avoid it sometimes. Um, So I thought, okay, the better place for me to get news, and it was one of his cases, is I follow CBC, so the Canadian Broadcasting Company, Mm -hmm. and CNN. And I have notifications turned on for those. So when there's news, I can go read it. Or when I want to read the news, I can read the news. But I don't have to read all the drama that's around it. So that's one. People's comments about it. Then the people that I find the most entertaining, I can follow on Instagram. And you're not as easily sucked into Instagram. No. Because, first of all, you generally don't see all the comments. Because you have to actually click. You might see one. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And two... I really have called who I follow on Instagram that I like them all. And I don't. So if I like Victoria Beckham, and I am, that's my guilty pleasure. I am obsessed with the Beckhams. I don't see everyone that she likes. That's not put into my feed. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to go and actually look at that. I'd have to actually go and look at her to see what she's commenting on. I follow artists. I follow um, the most amazing... um, this guy is an, an Anglican minister in Toronto. He's young, he's gay, he's married, and he's hilarious. <laughs> and he has a massive, massive following. <clears throat> so he And he's so positive and uplifting. So lots of things. And there's art and there's people I like. And I will scroll Instagram, but I always come to the end. You know, it says you're caught up. Huh. And to I me, think I have too many people right now where oh, I can't do that. So I think that was part of the thing yeah. that I came to. I was like, there's a lot of things that I scroll through. They don't, they don't make me feel bad about myself. They don't do anything. Yeah. But they're not giving me the value for the time of my scrolling. Yep. I've realized there's about maybe, I don't know, I'm going to set myself a limit of like 50 or 100 things that I actually want to see. Yeah. Well, so Anyhow. that was my decision. So I, I've deleted, I didn't delete my account, but I've deleted Twitter off my phone And I don't have an end date. And so when I was talking to my friend Sarah this morning and she was thinking about this and she said, you know, we met on Twitter and it was about five years ago. We were both following a sporting goods company. We started doing uh, an exercise program together with some other women who I'm also still friends with and who I travel with and have met and who are lovely. Sarah's my closest friend. Um, And... She said, but what if, like, should we stay on Twitter in case it happens again? And then in the next breath, she said, of course not. Because that's that, that theory that it happened once it'll happen again. This waiting for lightning to strike. That's pulling, pulling the, the, slot, the, machine the slot machine every day. And she said, just because that was right then doesn't mean it's right now. And your mm. circumstances change and everything else changes. So to quote Thoreau, <laughs> I'm not getting the value. Yeah. In my life, it is taking too many, too much time out of too my much of life, your life when I was also screw, uh, scrolling, scrolling <laughs> Instagram. Now I scroll Instagram. It is limited time. I yeah. don't because you can't re-scroll it. Can I tell you how many times I've checked my phone today and went, oh, I don't have anything to check. 
and put it down again. That's great. Because there isn't any. Like, people don't post Instagram all day long. I usually check it in the morning and at night and eh, maybe. Yeah, inter- it's fascinating the way the different platforms affect different people. Absolutely. Because yeah. Instagram and stories and then the, the feed and the I don't, both of them. I rarely look at stories. They don't interest me. Oh, I, I might on some. I hated them at first. I remember yeah. being like, who would watch this? It's terrible. And, if I f- and now I'm hooked on stories. I don't even look at the feed. And barely. I mute most of the stories. There's only I have to a go, few. I have to do a clean I would That's never one of my meet things. Victoria Beckham. No. <laughs> Um, and it was interesting. They were talking, um, you know, when we talked about Tyler quitting social media and better ways to connect with people, I laughed. So um, on the weekend, we went to the library with the kids for story time. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law came with their kids. And as we sit down, um, is sitting uh, one of uh, Toronto's kind of mom influencers, oh. Alana Kafitz, right? She runs Mom's T.O. Okay, don't know who she is, but okay. Big influencer in the mom community, runs events, has a podcast also, um, fascinating lady. Um, and I follow her on Instagram, on our whiteboard account, and on right. my personal account. Right. Uh, so I was really up to date on what was happening in her life. Her uh, oh. youngest daughter had just... Uh, fallen and broken her femur and had a full body cast oh. like from the chest down I knew all this information so as my sister-in-law comes up they know each other because their kids go to daycare um, and you know we start talking and I'm talking to this woman who I've never met in person I'm a little bit fangirly about her okay I'm kind of just in awe about what she does um and she starts to tell me about her daughter, and she's like, well, she was in a full body cast. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I watch her stories. Oh. And I went, oh, so weird. Yeah. So weird. I, I almost cut off the conversation. Because <laughs> Didn't let her talk to me, because I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, she was in a speaking cast, she felt like this, da-da-da, you went to St. Mike's last week, da right. I literally knew everything. And I sometimes gotten together with my friends, and they'll just be like, literally, you get to the point where, like, I already know what you ate for lunch before I got here. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I found that really fascinating. It is and interesting to think about because she made the choice to put that information online. But by you stopping her from talking, you've now cut off human interaction. Right? Yeah. And I was like, wow, <clears throat> there is a great excuse for if you if your excuse is, well, I need to stay in touch with my friends and family. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And, <laughs> wow. I smacked myself with Ooh. my necklace. Um, and could you also be having really great conversations with your friends? Right. As I've literally sat there and been like, oh, yeah, I know you were in Italy last week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know it looked really fun. You went for a run. And it was just like, Well, wow. when you think about it, how long do you scroll for? Is it half an hour? Is it an hour? So he says somewhere the average is 50 minutes, right? And I thought, okay. My total, I think, screen time is sometimes four four to five hours. Right. Can you imagine if you took that four hours, let's just say one hour and be generous every day, and you called someone? And actually asked them questions right. about their day? Right. So, I even thought texting people. Yeah. And I even thought that added more connective real value yeah. than that. And I thought that example of running into that lady where I just cut her off and I was like, yeah, yeah, I That's know all about great your daughter. Example. I, think and he, he, I mean, I don't know if it was just because I was nervous and awkward, sure. but I was so weird about it. You probably wanted to show her that you follow and you're listening. Weird, and, right? And that was one of the things my friend Sarah also said to me is something about Twitter. She follows some people that she finds inspiring. Sometimes they're celebrities, sometimes they're not. And when they like something that she's written... It's like, oh my God, they know I exist, you know. Yeah. I, and it's, it's the, like, what did the, they call the, it in the first chapter? The, uh, social, um, I don't know, validation, validation or something, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's just what we crave. Yeah. So, but really, is that really? And I, I know that we, to people who are listening, going, whatever, we sound like cult leaders or something. Give up all your technology. No, no it's be I'm not mindful of it. Make a we talked Make a about decision, this, a conscious choice, a conscious. What yes. was the other word I used yesterday? Purposeful, when we were purposeful, impactful, in intentional, intentional. Be intentional about your use. Are you scrolling mindlessly? Mm-hmm. And here's how I can describe it: on Instagram, I scroll mindlessly. There is no purpose. There is no end. 
I have no objective. I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm just pulling the slot machine. But if I go on Pinterest, I have an objective. I have a use. I have a, I'm being intentional of I need bathroom decor ideas, Mm -hmm. stat. Mm -hmm. I need them curated for me. Yeah. Right? My friend just deleted Instagram because she said she just goes through liking things and doesn't look at the pictures. And I was fascinated. I thought, what? Does that mean you really didn't look at all those pictures I posted? But you didn't actually. No, I was really surprised. And that, again, is just a different use of a platform. So she now has pretty much checked out of all the technology, all the social media. It just doesn't do anything for her. So I had deleted Facebook because I had a problem with Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and I was really into it and I couldn't apparently listen to anyone. Um, I deleted it and then I brought it back. Mm I use it less now than I think. Yeah. Pause. So back to some of the case studies that Cal brings up. So, you know, we've got people who just deleted social media together, all together. Um, Adam, in his example, got rid of his smartphone and just now has a flip phone, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. I, I, and, and I was thinking about it. Do you think you could get rid of a smartphone and just have a flip phone? That is not my dog. If you're hearing a dog barking, it's the neighbors. Um, no, because I like to check my email for work when I'm booting around. I like to have video calls with my family. Mm-hmm. GPS. Mm-hmm. But I could get rid of a lot of the rest of it. You know what I mean? Do yeah. you really need it? It's, you know, it's, does it I, spark joy? <laughs> well, the thing is, I, those things that you say you can't do on a regular flip phone. That's the problem. No, I, that's what I'm saying. Those like, are the could things. Could you get rid of a lot of apps on your phone? Sure. The other thing is, sometimes you want those things. Okay. When there isn't anything to do, let's say you're waiting in an airport lounge. So people will say, read. What if you don't have a book with you? Okay. People watch. You know, and that's when I feel like we're getting a little too, you know, tree huggy. I don't know. Maybe. And yet at the same time, people pull out their phones now the second they have one minute to spare. I felt it like. I've done it in an uh, elevator. uh, Yeah. As soon as you get in the (laughs) elevator, it's like, uh, okay, I don't want to stand here for a whole two minutes doing what? You could do anything. Did you swear? I did swear. You know, you could literally do anything. You could check your cuticles. You could fix a split end. You could clean your glasses. I don't know. You could say hi to someone. You could say hi to someone. You could... That's true. uh, Almost anything. And gosh, yeah, if you're at an airport and you don't have a book, yeah, could you, you know, listen to some music? I don't know. I just feel like it has become the default to sit and scroll and... Don't. Fall into these things. Don't get me wrong. Hey, listen. I, I wouldn't be on board with this if I also wasn't guilty of it. Oh, yeah. Remember um, you got in trouble at uh, one of our clients once. Not in trouble. At um, our salon. Because you always have it when they're doing your hair and you're, they're, you're oh. wash, they're washing your hair. And as your head's going back, you're moving your phone up so that you can yeah. still see it while they're washing your hair. Yeah. Or they give you a hard time about that. Not a really hard time. No, and it's so funny to me, and I'm thinking, because in my head, sometimes scrolling like that is my relaxed time, Mm -hmm. or I somehow equate it to that. Yeah, but is it? But it isn't. I think I'd be so much happier reading a book or a magazine. Or closing your eyes while your head is being washed. Oh, you hate that, I do hate that, though. I forgot. Anyhow, it's very... Again, we're not... I'm not certainly promoting this. I'm just saying, if you feel like you are pulled in a negative direction, Mm -hmm. and you want to make a change... Here's some ca- some um, captivating reasons to do so. And we know from research that, and don't make me quote it, but I'll find it if I have to, that people are so connected all the time that we are missing out on the world around us. And the world is a dumpster fire right now if online. So mm. look around and look for the random acts of kindness. Look for the little kid that's toddling along through the airport that just makes you laugh. Um, you know... There's, there's other things that we can do, and I think it's better for our mental health. 
I mean, I, I even take it to um, Netflix. Like, I am oh, yeah. certainly uh, guilty of a good Netflix binge, and I could spend three, four hours just binging on a show if I'm really, really into well, they it. Said, didn't they say somebody had that as one of theirs? Yeah. And so now it's, it's a, it's a, I don't know if it's a tip or a trick or it's a conscious decision. I watch one show, and then we go to bed, and I read. And I read on my Kindle, and that is what I do. I try... Pardon me, I try not to allow myself to scroll because I've also gotten into bed and started scrolling again. Yeah. And I realize that that is not what makes me happy. It doesn't make me tired. It doesn't, I don't know that if I read my book, I'm much, much happier. I fall asleep faster. I think it's going to take me some time because like I said this morning, I can't tell I always check when I get up, I come downstairs, I make my tea and I check all the news. Yeah. And, I was, and then I found, I put it down and then something happened and I picked it up and I went, oh my gosh, Ruth, you just literally checked 15 minutes ago. I Put know. it down again. And it's a habit. It's just this pick up thing. Whereas instead of sitting down and scrolling again, I could go do something. Is it yeah. a valuable thing? Is it a valuable thing? Um, someone else, so we had the guy that's turned to a flip phone. Charles gave up Twitter and instead used curated news. And that's what I'm doing. Uh, I really love... Um, Apple News is really because you can get magazines. And it was also a reason for me. I was like, okay, $14 a month. This We're not connected with Apple. Apple, if you want to sponsor us, please call. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I got Apple News and it was like, okay, now I can, um, you can read magazines on it. I like have... I can get Martha Stewart Living. You can get all the news. Oh, Apple News. Look at that. I think everyone has it. It might just be what you get oh, with it. Okay. Um, but I get the New Yorker. I get all kinds of different magazines. Mm. Um, and I really enjoy reading it, and it's less... I never look at that. I well, look at CNN and CBC. Have a peek. I will. Have a peek and see if it works for you. Yeah. Um, Emma used bookmarks to circumnavigate Facebook's technology that's yeah. addictive, so mm-hmm. she managed to go to just events pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave uses Instagram, and this is one of the things that I thought I was going to do is only chooses a few people to follow you follow so make a values based decision mm-hmm. on what you're using Instagram for mm-hmm. and if it's to connect with friends well then I should only have my friends on Instagram I shouldn't be following Courtney Kardashian right or you know 30 Victoria other Beckham. random like fitness influencers and That's true. Right? So that was kind of the one that I oh, took and away. Oh, we talked about that with respect to podcasts and blogs too. And I actually thought of you with the podcast because you love podcasts and you listen to so many. I was thinking about that that the other day Mm -hmm. and I was like, wow, I wonder if I should just reduce it and just listen to the ones that add value and listen to audiobooks the Mm -hmm. rest of the time because it's better use of my time. And I'm not talking better from a judgmental standpoint. Listen, I will listen to all the Bachelor Recap podcasts. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I don't feel judged and I like I'm not saying like I should be using my time to better myself. But truthfully, if I listen to five Bachelor podcasts a in week. In a row, yeah. Maybe not in a row, yeah. but five Bachelor podcasts in a week, that's 10 hours. I could have listened to an audiobook on Audible. Yeah. And I do believe that it probably would have added more value than me finding out why Peter likes Victoria F. No, don't even. Um, yeah, and when, you know how um, we try to pull all this back to leadership, which is what we're yeah. all about. You think about this with leaders today, people who manage people or lead people. All of these things apply. If you're so hooked on your phone and you're scrolling because you have a break between meetings or at lunch and you've eaten your lunch, could it be better served if you didn't scroll or have the things on your phone to tempt you to and you were out eating lunch with your team or doing uh, you know, the walk, walking the floor, chatting with people, getting involved, reading a business book, networking. Yeah, you're thousand things you could do that would bring you value. Your digital minimalism at work um, could be different than it is mm-hmm. in your personal life, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's, um, I mean, I've, you know, when I'm really, really busy working on something um, and I love my accountant does this. The first Monday of the month is an admin day. And so if you send him an email, an email pops back and said, I won't be responding to emails until tomorrow because today I'm focusing on da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, and those people that are addicted to the dopamine of getting an email and responding yeah, yeah. and da 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 Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. How, what at work is pulling you, that is pulling you away from the value-added items, like doing right. strategic work, being a leader, right. coaching, having difficult conversations. What are your values? It goes back to last podcast in Brene Brown. What are your values at work? And is the technology that you're using, whether it's, um, Slack and it's your interoffice chat or it's your phone or it's web conferencing or whatever. Is it uh, enabling your values or detracting from your values? And again, you're going to be limited to what your office uses and how yeah. they communicate and what the culture is. But as a leader, you have the opportunity to up, to change that culture. Yeah. Um, And, you know, we've talked about this forever. If you as a leader are sending emails at 9 p.m., Mm -hmm. what is what kind of message is that sending to your team that they should also be doing that? And if that's how your business runs and that's how it's successful, great. Or is it going to be a work-life balance issue? Yeah. Oh, it's one team I remember working with as a consultant that had their laptops with them or iPads or tablets rather at every meeting. And they weren't listening to the person giving the meeting because they were required to answer emails during the meeting. So at first you could say that's habitual. You could then layer this on top of it and say it's also technology driven. Because when we didn't have tablets, that wasn't a problem. Yeah. I know that happens to us a lot in training sessions. Mm -hmm. People all bring their laptops and they're like, oh, I'm going to listen while I work or I have things to do. And it's like, really? Yeah. Really? Or... Are you really listening? I mean, I, I know I get that way too. I don't want to listen to someone exclusively. I want to multitask. Right. But is that the most, the, the best value for your time? You're kind of doing a half-assed job of responding to emails and you're not listening at all or you're doing a little bit of each. You're not really putting your focus in one spot. And right. what kind of, as a leader, what kind of message are you sending? Yeah. So if you go into team meetings and you're just responding to your own emails the whole time. Yeah. Well, then everyone else is going to do that too. 100%. And everyone else is just not really engaged in what's happening in person. Mm -hmm. So the three kind of major principles of digital minimalism are one, clutter is costly. Two, optimization is important. And three, intentionality is satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we talked about clutter is costly, that's how the whole uh, thorough Walden conversation goes about. So it's about living deliberately and what is the cost? What is the amount of life to be exchanged for it? Mm-hmm. And I think that is pro- was probably the most impactful argument for digital minimalism for me. Yes. Is how much life am I giving to Facebook and Instagram Yes. At, at what cost and to what value? How yes. much am I giving to that 10 different the, Bachelor the case podcasts? That are why I deleted Twitter. They're, they're just gone. And it's exactly that reason. And I thought, it's not worth it. Right. So then they talked about optimize, optimization is important. And they used the, the law of diminishing returns. Oh, that was interesting. As a thing, right? So, yeah. you know, for you, when you have your digital maximalists or your people that aren't quite willing to admit that they have a problem yet, they're going right. to say, but... But there's an app for that, and you can make it more efficient with this, and you can, and you can, and you can. At what point yes. are all those optimizations just receiving diminishing returns? Yes. Right? So the law of diminishing returns basically says um, if you add a million people into a process, at first, yes, your process will uh, skyrocket in terms of productivity, but over time, it will just flatten out. Yeah, it will flatten out because you can – it's sort of like – one of my first problems I had to solve in Service Ontario was um, the ability for them to answer the phones faster in a contact center, and they just wanted to hire more people, but the technology wouldn't support it. So they could hire one more person, and it would have made a difference, but even two more people wouldn't because the technology wouldn't support it. So Same each thing. additional person added fewer and fewer returns. Right. And I wrote the same thing down when we were struggling with wait times at Service Ontario. The answer was add more CSRs and that'll reduce the wait times. And in fact, adding CSRs wasn't, wouldn't have impacted anything at all. So again, what is the real optimization you are getting? Yes. So again, if, and this is just a big if, if you find digital technology 
is drawing you in to a point that you are not feeling like you are, you're stretched thin, your shards of, of time are not allowing you to be present. So consider this. What is the real optimization that you're getting from 10 or 15 different productivity apps or right, right. you know list-making items, Twitter, Pinterest even? Yeah. What, what are you getting from that? Yeah. Um, and the third was intentionality. And that's where they talked about like the Amish hacker, right? And they say, so the Amish and Mennonites typically don't use a lot of modern technology. That's kind of the, the tenet of their, of their faith. Um, so, but they optimize things when it absolutely provides ultimate convenience and it's with intentionality. Daisy. <laughs> I thought today we wouldn't have this problem. Daisy Doodle. My neighbor's home. You have to be part of the podcast in the summary. <laughs> and so I like that too. I was really, that was something we kind of were preaching about in, yeah. in our teaching the other day of like, you know, you've got processes and you're trying to make them more efficient um, in an organization, you just do that with intention, right? You, if, 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 a, if a document or a product is too complex and no one's filling it out, cool. But all come to the table and say, we're deleting this yes. component of the document and do it intentionally. Because people were making changes on their own and not intentionally as part of a group so that the whole organization was impacted by the same change. So it's the same with this. If you're going to change the amount of technology you use or the social media, if you do it with intention, it's yeah. much more likely to be successful. And as he said, it feels good to be intentional. Yeah. So don't just delete Instagram because mm-hmm. you feel like pressure. I've been telling you that it's, that it's not valuable. Crap. If it's exciting to you and it brings you value and you only do it for 20 minutes a day, please enjoy. Yeah. For me, it's starting to not add value. So I need to change the way I use it. Right. I don't know if I'm ready to delete yet. Right. But I am ready to really go through and say, what is it that I want to be looking at? What sparks joy? And So you're intentional when you look at it. You're not just, by default, scrolling everything that's there, hoping that something catches Some, your eye. Something fun comes up yes. that I'm interested in. Yes. Um, so... In summary, <laughs> in summary, in, in summary, this was the defense for digital minimalism. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I liked it. I, I liked the perspective. And certainly it's more preachy than I need to be, but he's making a bigger case. He's convincing more people than, for than sure. I need to, right? For sure. I thought it was a really good case. I thought the whole... When, when I was reading about Walden, I'm like, where are you going? Oh, that's where you're going. And the whole economic theory of value and my time. And he, the whole story of him figuring out how much it cost him to live. And he could, he could work for one day a week um, and fund how much it cost him to live. Of course, then I was going, does he have money put away for retirement? How's he saving money? Um, so, yes. No, I thought that was very practical, really good. I thought about it so much that I deleted Twitter intentionally and it's not meant as a fix. It's meant that I'm going to get that entertainment and news elsewhere that's more efficient. And um, yeah, and I I think then all the other ideas are sort of different levels of minimalism. You know, how deep into it you really want to get. And like I, I say, it can be a little overwhelming to think that what he is and he's not doing this, but what he is preaching is complete minimalism. You know, mm. get rid of it all. Get a flip phone like I have. And I'm not yeah. sure that's realistic. And it doesn't sound like, based on his case studies, it's more like based on what you find yes. is impacting your life in not yes. a positive way, yes. change that. And that, so your explanation of that helps me then reconcile that theory plus the beginning when he said tips and tricks aren't, aren't going to work. Because these aren't tips and tricks. These are intentional decisions. They're value-based. Values-based. It's not just saying, you know, cut all the notifications of all your apps. It's choose the apps that add value to you. Choose the, do you need a tablet and and a phone and a laptop? 
And we've done all this in two chapters. What is there left to discuss? I mean, come on. I, I, <laughs> I'm a little exhausted. I know. So the <laughs> next, next chapter uh, starts uh, on page 59. And it's called uh, The Digital Declutter. And it's on rapidly becoming minimalist. Ooh. All right. So basically, now he's convinced you that it's worthwhile. Yeah. Um, the next step is to discuss how best to adopt um, this lifestyle. And he's going into, like, in my experience, gradually changing your habits one at a time doesn't work well. Interesting. You need to do a, a rapid transformation. So that would be a good debate because some people feel cold turkey is good and some people feel it's not good. I don't have an opinion. Well, and I mean, I if you look at... individual. If you look at pure addictive um, behaviors... Mm-hmm all major addictive behaviors you know if you have uh, an addiction to alcohol you can't just right have drinks but if you have an addiction to nicotine you can slowly get off it using the patch this is what i'm saying it's different yeah yeah yeah, i guess right it it and maybe the answer is and we're getting ahead of ourselves maybe it's the impact what is the impact like if you're an alcoholic there is there Mm. are issues related to the safety of yourself and other people Um, if you're a smoker trying to quit, it's maybe not as immediate. There's definitely a health impact, but if you are addicted to social media, again, it could be, is there an impact? Do you do it while you're driving? Are you checking social media or is it just taking up more time on the couch at night? Like what is the impact of not going cold turkey. And of course, I haven't read the chapter, so I don't know. And again, I think a big part of it is going to be like how how much of an issue is this for you? Yeah. Because I could, you know, I know a lot of people that would say like, oh, I don't even look at Facebook. I rarely look at Instagram. Yeah. A lot of people. And they're just not like that. I feel like it's on the out. And then I read how much Facebook is worth and how many people use it. And I'm so surprised because I don't know a lot of people today. Mind you, I'm old, but I don't know a lot of people that use Facebook, except for groups and... Groups seem to be a big thing. Yeah. Um, I always remember it was really funny as I, we started to watch, like, our parents get on Facebook. Yes. And as soon as everyone's parents got on Facebook, it's like everyone else just the stopped using got it. Off. That's right. They went to Snapchat. <laughs> so, right. before well, Daisy starts barking again... Yes, again. Let's, uh, let's sign off there. Bye. See you next time. Bye. that's daisy thanks for listening don't forget you can find us on all the usual social media our website is whiteboardconsulting.ca and this podcast will be available visually on youtube by searching whiteboard consulting group inc or if you want to read our blog that summarizes it you can check out at the whiteboard a publication on medium.com finally if you have any questions or suggestions we'd love to hear from you send us an email at info at whiteboardconsulting.ca. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.